Hey everyone, welcome to this week's episode of Project Esports Podcast. For June 11th, 2018, we are in the heart of E3 right now. So if you've been not watching along with some of our content or you missed it, go back and check that out. Me and Dylan had so much fun streaming over some of these conferences, except EA, but we'll give them a pass because it's EA. But as always, my name is Andrew Nimsgren. I am one of your co-hosts, and I am with the hypest man of Pennsylvania, Dylan Beal. I mean, you can't make it to Sony tonight, but outside of that, how are you doing today for just kind of in general, Dylan? I, I'm doing good. Um, Bethesda last night was really, really amazing. Um, Todd Howard blessed us. Um, so basically the entire day, I've just been kind of catching up and just seeing reactions from Bethesda's uh, um announcements and just like kind of getting getting ready for everything with sony coming up yeah i'm really excited for sony and if you guys did miss anything all of our pre-shows and post-shows are smashed together put up on audio services our full watch-alongs and our pre-shows and post-show vods are going up on youtube right now they might not all be uploaded they've been working at uploading all day long because that's a lot of hours of content so go check that out on youtube or the podcasting platform that you listen to if you want to tune along you can even check the twitch um videos on demand or whatever it is kind of whatever the past broadcasts were you can kind of do that but with enough of kind of the housekeeping we will be doing sony's press conference tonight that starts at 8 p.m central time 9 eastern 10 atlantic whatever blah 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 we will be live streaming that it'll be me and possibly one of my other friends it will be kind of uh off the cuff he's kind of jumping in dylan couldn't make it tonight so it'd be interesting if you're kind of looking for a new personality but with that, let's get into our first story of the day. It's kind of a shitty one to start off the day on, but it's just kind of a good talking point in kind of esports that have been going on, and maybe even a little bit about mobile esports that we kind of bring into this too. So Vainglory, which you guys don't know, it is one of the more popular kind of mobile titles. It is kind of having a rising esports kind of scene around it, but this may kind of be the end of that. Um, right now, so there have been a five-law um, week-long preseason of the Vainglory Premier League, and casters are not being paid the amount that they're promised. And what has kind of happened is that there was a verbal agreement saying that we're going to pay you this amount. Well, that amount is now supposed to be paid, and they're kind of backing off on the words right now. So it's really the kind of a shitty thing to kind of be going on. I mean, it's kind of we saw this from humanist cast on twitter um we just kind of threw out a quick tweet on there saying a fortune news i've been informed that i will not be paid the negotiated rate for the work i did for the preseason of the vpl it is hard to believe that i'm being treated this way after working of years and sacrificing to make vainglory esport the best it can be so after that's kind of being a big kind of whip not a whiplash but kind of backlash at vainglory a lot of people are saying well i'm never working on that game again like there's a lot of people kind of putting it down there's even been people tweeting at them or kind of using this to advantage of that um someone that worked on arenas or valors like i'm really sorry to hear that but arena or valor is going to be at e3 if you want to come check that out so i don't know if there's much big talking points on this dylan but it's a really shitty thing to kind of see happening. It's not something you want seeing in mobile esports, which is kind of growing. But what do you kind of think about um, this? So, Vainglory is kind of an interesting esport. 
So the first thing I had exposure to it was about a year and a half ago. Um, CSL, who does collegiate esports, actually was partnered with them, and they were making a really, really big push to try to get the game across to like collegiate players to try to get it in their hands. Um, after that, I haven't really heard about it too much, but it's always been like the mobile esport I've kind of seen. Yeah, and there's been I've heard a lot about it. When I hear mobile esports, this is one of the big ones that I always hear talked about. Yeah, and I, I always like associate it with just like pumping money into it rather than just like people interested in the game and picking it up. Um I've heard okay things about it. Like people say it's not bad, um, but mostly it just seems like they're pumping a ton of money into it. And this is something that happens um whenever you pump money into a game. Um you start to lose revenue, um, or you don't make enough revenue and then you're your funding starts going and then things like just kind of shorting prize pools uh shorting casters these are the things that kind of happen from companies that do this who just are trying to get their game out there because um basically all the money that they're putting in they don't have as much anymore and so they're like oh well i guess we're just gonna have to kind of not pay people and it sucks but mm, i'm not surprised yeah, and at this point, I guess I'm glad it's kind of coming to it. This is going to be a huge kind of downfall. I mean, it's going to take a lot for anyone wanting to kind of come back and work on this. I mean, after seeing this and there being a verbal kind of contract and, like, you seeing that they're just not paying them. So it's, like, between ESP and um, SM, SEMC, the Super, Super Evil Megacorp, which is kind of ironic that that's the name of the company now they're not paying it. But ESP was like, we'll pay you like a fraction of what we said. SEMC is like, we don't, we're not going to pay you anything. So like, why would anyone want to go work with that when they're saying that we changed our minds on a couple of things and now we just don't feel like we have to pay you. And we didn't make you sign a contract, so we don't have to. So really kind of shitty. No one's going to want to work on that. And this could be a huge kind of chance for Tencent and Arena Valor to kind of make a point and kind of take that and maybe grab some good PR and good kind of will off of that and make a big point of how paying their castings at E3 it is, and maybe kind of make kind of a jump there. I mean, I guess I'm not huge into mobile esports. One way or another, I'm not going to care which game's in the lead, but I'm glad that a kind of a bad company is kind of being called out for this early on, and maybe this just kind of goes away, we move on to Arena Valor or something else, and a better game just kind of takes place, and this doesn't have to happen again. And this is another point. If you're getting involved in esports, Get a written contract if you're saying you're going to be paid of anything. Make sure to read through the contract. Ask someone if you don't understand what's going on. There's a lot of people willing that have some law knowledge, especially on esports, that don't want this to happen, being willing to look over the contract for you. Double check a contract. Make sure you get a contract and just try to stop this thing from kind of happening because there's a lot of shady stuff that can be going on in esports because it's growing so fast. Yeah, if you are under 30 um, and you're doing contracts, please, please, please either get someone who's involved with law or an agent or someone reputable to read through that because I've heard so many horror stories of people getting screwed over with contracts. Never sign a contract yourself, please. Yeah, uh, yeah at least have a couple friends. Even if it's your parents look over, like just ask someone else to double check it and if they're forcing you to sign it right now, don't sign and walk away. You'd rather walk away from a potentially okay one that they just are forcing you to do it now than to sign early on into a bad contract and be stuck. Like you can't play for any other team for the next 15 years in your sport. You could be really fucked. So just double check your contract before you go into anything, negotiate, don't be afraid. 
and if they're not willing to negotiate or work with you, you don't want to be a part of that organization, team, whatever it is. I think that's kind of a good wrap-up point on that. I mean, there's not too much else we can really kind of add to that, but contracts, super important. Do your research on them before you sign them. Dylan, let's talk some furniture. Yeah, um, this is really cool, I think, that IKEA is, like, picking up now, like, an eSport gamer line, um, which I think is perfect for them because IKEA is all about getting, like, cheaper uh, kind of furniture to people. And, like, typically the typical IKEA customer is someone who is young, young bachelors or people living on their own for the first time. Um, just going there, picking up some cheap furniture and putting it together themselves. And I think this is a perfect step for them. Um, you know, uh, in, they're, they're partnering up with another company um, who does like 3D designs and all that to kind of um, get all this furniture out um, and help design it. Um, but their whole idea is that like there's a ton of gamers out there who like sit on shitty chairs because a lot of like gaming chairs are really, really expensive. So yeah. No yeah re- right now. I mean, sure, I'm in an apartment. They kind of just gave this to me, and I didn't want to bring a big chair. But, like, I need something better than this. And even my one back in my real house, like, it's a really shitty one. And I'm looking to buy a really good chair coming in the next year because I spend so much time in it. But I think there's a huge market for this. I mean, with anything kind of esports growing, that there's going to be more and more people looking for this stuff. And if you build it right, and especially with that Kia, they can build it for a good price. That could be really competitive, do really well. And it wouldn't just have to be an esports chair but just a really good, comfortable chair that kind of focuses on someone that's sitting in a chair for a long time is going to do really well, especially at Ikea. Yeah, and I'm going to go pick one up when exactly it comes out. It. Like, I, was, I wanted to get a gaming chair, and I was like, oh, I want to get a DX Racer because they're so comfy, and that's what they're made for. But they were really expensive. And How much actually, is one? the chair I have right now is from Ikea. Um, so their normal brand, they have a couple chairs that are really good for just, like, gaming and sitting in, but they're not perfectly designed for it. So I no. think I think obviously they might be a little bit more expensive than their normal chairs, but like if you're designing chairs for people to sit in for a long time, it's going to be cheaper. This is perfect. Like this is something I will absolutely one hundred percent buy. Three hundred dollars for a DX Racer Racer? Holy they're, shit! They're they're really expensive, but to be fair, they have a nice full back. They're super comfy. These are chairs that you want to sit in for a long time. Yeah. When I, no, I'm definitely not buying anything that nice. I'm not spending $300 on a chair. I don't spend near enough time in it to do that. But I need something more comfortable. So, yeah. So, I love that. I think this would be a great middle ground for maybe someone, even like me, kind of getting their first, like, looking for a good chair that's kind of focused on gamers but doesn't have the money or doesn't want to go all the way in for DX Racer. There's a huge market for this. And there's other things that they're going to find. They're probably working on folks on desks or things kind of like that, too, eventually down the road if they see it doing well. But Ikea is a huge brand to kind of be jumping into the esports realm on that and getting out to a very mainstream audience. I mean, Ikea is about as mainstream for furniture as it gets. I think this could be really cool, and I kind of love it. I mean, the esports apparel, esports furniture, there's going to be esports everything within a couple of years. How much of it sticks, who knows? But I at least love the chance of things kind of coming up like this and seeing if they're going to work. Nothing else in Ikea, though? Ready to kind of jump into Seoul? Yeah, I'm ready to jump into it. It's just a nice, short, sweet story. Yeah. And no, and this is going to be kind of another one to kind of follow it up, a little bit more lighthearted, kind of following the opening one that's kind of a little shittier news. But this is kind of a first, at least in the Overwatch League, and I think it was really kind of fun. But Seoul Dynasty from the Overwatch League um, worked with the Korean-American musicians PH1 and Davey Dior. I don't know who either one of they are. 
but they created their own like walkout theme song for whenever they come out or when they win or stuff kind of like that. So it's not anything big, but I just kind of love to see how these esports organizations are really kind of taking their branding to the next level. Like obviously you have all social media, you have the logo, all that kind of stuff too. But now kind of coming out with like a theme song that can be used for video that whenever people hear it eventually, they're going to be like, oh, that's Soul Dynasty and kind of stuff like that. Like, again, there's not a huge to it, but um, this may be cool. I can pull from the uh, chief growth officer of the Soul Dynasty from um, Arnold Herr. Um, PH1 and David Dior are both incredible musicians, and we learned when they were cells of they were fans of Soul Dynasty team, we knew we could work together to make something great. We took a lot of feedback from the team on what kind of music they liked and worked closely with both PH1 and David Dior to put something together for our fans that they would be excited about. Well, this was just shown for this week's first game on uh, June 8th is when it was, uh, debuted. I'm not going to play it live or anything kind of here on the podcast, but if I find a good link or something kind of like that, I'll throw it on the Twitter so you guys can go listen to it, kind of see what you think about it, and maybe you can work on coming up with your own little theme song for your team, and who knows? I mean, I'm sure other teams are going to kind of fall suit after doing this. Maybe you could be the official theme song of the LA Valiant or something kind of like that. So I think it's just kind of fun, and it's cool to see that teams looking in different ways to kind of build their brand. Now, I don't know if this is cool or corny. Oh, how could it be corny? I appreciate this. I mean, it's it's a walkout music. Everything about walkout music in esports is corny. The little dances and all that kind of stuff when they do out. It's all just kind of a gag thing, and it's a fun thing that people kind of enjoy. So I I enjoy kind of seeing the branded team music. Yeah, I don't know. It just, like, reminds me too much of early StarCraft days of where they used to, like, show up in these, like, shiny, like, tracksuits that look like oh, they were, like, awesome. futuristic. Like, it was just, like, way too much for me. So, I mean, I, mean, I kind of get the same vibe for this a little bit, but, I mean... I, I mean, if you can tell anything from last night's Bethesda conference, I am all about the extra. Like, did I really need to be on the floor praying to Todd Howard last night? No. Did I do it anyways? Yes. The more extra, the better for me. I just love that. I love entertainment. I love kind of seeing people just give their all. So I'm all on that other kind of side. Like, obviously, when it gets to a point, you don't want it being too much because you want it to still be a professional league and people taking it seriously. But esports has always kind of been that niche kind of like weird humor to an extent. Because that's kind of, it's from the internet. That's what the internet is. So you want to see part of that here. And this definitely seems like an esports kind of move. And I love that. And I hope to see more of it. I don't think every team needs to have their own theme song, but I think it's fun to have it here and there. Yeah, I, I mean, I guess so. Um, we'll, we'll see how it looks during the actual event itself. I'm interested to see them actually come out to it. Yeah. All right. Now let's jump into actually one of our two big topics of the day. Um, it's kind of touching on uh, revenue share from Twitch and all that kind of stuff. Dylan knows a lot more about this. I'll have a little bit of touch points here and there, but... Yeah, Dylan, yeah. you kind of give us the rundown. So um, this is going to be kind of a lengthy explanation, and there's a couple of different stories built into here, but it kind of is all related. Um, so the first one is that Rainbow Six uh, Siege, um, which is a game from Ubisoft. It's been a pretty popular eSport this year. Um, Ubisoft had a little of a rough launch with it, but they've really turned the game around, and people are really, really liking it. Um, and so uh, what they're doing right now is they have skins in the game that they're selling. But the catch is um, that proceeds from that um, are going to go to the teams. So um, if you buy, like, like team, say, Team Liquid, right? Getting yep. a Team Liquid one is going to go to all the teams equally. Um, so the entire, entire amount is going to go to all the teams directly. 
and then a, another big portion is going to go right into uh, the prize pool for a final, like one of one of their finals, which I think is super super cool because like you're just incentivizing the teams now, and you're you're helping them out personally. I think is super super cool. And then related to that, um, Overwatch League actually announced that they're doing something similar. Um, their difference though is that their money is coming from uh, bits um, and cheering on Twitch. Um, so this isn't entirely a new thing. We saw this with the Overwatch League. Um, so for the Overwatch League, they had like a special little module below the stream um, that showed like a progress bar. So whenever you cheered, um, if you cheered for a certain team, you got a special emote. Um, and then you got entered in um, to kind of like a, like a stretch goal sort of um, that if everyone from the community cheered a certain amount of bits um, that you would start unlocking skins in the game, like special skins in the game. Um, and then they're going to just turn around and do the exact same thing for Heroes of the Storm. Um, and same deal, they're going to give it out to teams, which I think is perfect because it's win-win for everyone. Um, it's a win for um, Blizzard um, because, you know, good guy Blizzard giving money to the teams. Um, <laughs> it's a win for the team because the teams are getting more money. It's a win for um, the consumer because the consumer wants to give money to their favorite teams and they get special unlocks. And it's a win for Twitch because Twitch gets a, a little cut of those bits. Oh yeah, because it's like ten bucks to get five dollars in bits. Yeah, and it's 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 a win for everyone. I, I and this is nothing but good news. And even with uh, Rainbow Six, the way that they're doing it, it's it's all good. Um, it's these models I think are very very good for esports, and you need these type of models in esports if you want it to be sustainable. That's the big thing with esports. It's it's not really that sustainable at the level that we want it. Um, the Overwatch League and like um, um, LCS, they are not sustainable at all. They're completely no. run by just like big, big, uh, big teams just shoving money um, from sponsors in there. Um, and it's, it, you know, the return on investment's not super great. These teams are barely floating by and they're just floating by from basically uh, VC groups. Um, that are putting money into this because they think it'll pay off in the future. So things like this are what we need to make it sustainable um, because we're not the NBA, you know, we're not on TV in that kind of capacity. And we don't have those giant, giant, consistent sponsors. So the sponsors for esports need to be crowdfunded. And TI is a perfect example of this. The International a giant chunk of their prize pool is coming directly from um, people buying the the battle pass. Um, a couple million did come from Valve, but like a ton of it is coming from you know just people who love the game. Um, and I think this is all good news, and this is stuff that esports needs to be doing. Yeah, I guess I I don't know too much of what I can really add to that. I mean, a hundred percent agree with kind of every single point you made there. It needs. This kind of things needs to happen. There needs to be putting on even bigger aspects to get these teams so that it's viable so that in five years when the um, investors aren't seeing any return on their money, they're going to want to pull out. And there needs to be more ways kind of being set in stone or being upcoming so that these investors see that eventually I'm going to make my money back. And some of them are going to be looking at more short term and those are going to be the ones more worrisome. The ones that are kind of committing for the long term, it's not as big of a deal right away. But if someone invests in a team for one year they want to see money coming back and if they don't can't see a clear way of getting money back eventually investors are going to stop investing in the esports or they're going to be pulling out on these teams they're just going to have to say well we're out of money like good luck guys like yeah. so it's yeah. 
it, these kind of things need to keep happening. I love seeing that. But I guess I don't have too much to add besides Blizzard's doing the right thing. I'm glad Rainbow Six is kind of taking a playbook, um, taking a page from that playbook and do the same thing. And there needs to be more of this and figuring out more unique ways to give money to the teams, to get the organizations making more money and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, and uh, just another point to add on there. Um, this is not only at an ask of the companies to implement these things, but also just on us as consumers. We're not getting cable now. Um, most of the stuff that we do is just all online. So like a lot of the stuff is also on us. So like if you really love esports and you really love gaming, kind of put something forward i know you know we're all really young we don't have a giant disposable income but like if you're watching a streamer you really like just type something in chat um you know cheer them if you have any bits um use your you know twitch amazon prime free sub on them um turn off ad block just if you can give something give give something even if it's something small like turning off ad block I, it's not that much for one person to do that um, but if everyone kind of just puts a little bit of effort and like, I know ads really suck and stuff, but like even just on Twitch, if you just turn off ad block and like, if you're watching like Overwatch League, um, well, actually, no, I think all their stuff is embedded, but like, if you're watching yeah. like a streamer, just turn it off, you know, um, every little bit actually does help a lot. And the statistics overall actually super, super helps because people aren't putting as much money into ads because everyone's using ad block. But if less people use ad block, they would put more money in. So like... Yeah. It's 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 not only an ask on these companies to help out with this, but it's also an ask on us to if we have things to give, we should definitely give. And I hundreds to kind of send with like just giving small streamers anything. Like I don't like bringing it back to myself, but I remember the first day I was giving a hundred bits, which is only about a dollar. But that is kind of joy for small streamers to get anything from their followers or even like us, even getting comments or a follow or anything kind of like that. Just giving anything monetary or not means the world to small creators. And that needs to kind of, I mean, that trickles down from the bigger one. So I'm mean, actually not talking about small streamers. Go out and support them. Not even if it's not us. Go out and support someone. Turn off the ad block and all that kind of stuff too. But it's just esports as a whole. You, If you wanted to keep growing, you do need to turn off the ad block. Maybe not for Overwatch League with things such and that because investors need to see money kind of coming back from esports in order to keep putting money back into esports and most people are in watch esports a little more tech savvy so they can find ways around ads and stuff kind of like that well that's not good for the industry as a whole so sometimes putting yourself at a little bit of not a disadvantage but kind of in a little rougher spot by watching one ad every 15 minutes or something like that really will help the industry go a long way I mean, I'm not saying go and just throw $100 at it to make sure esports keep growing. But the little things that you do 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 make a difference. Every person that gets involved in esports makes a huge difference. So don't think that you doing something is going to not have an impact because it does. Because they're looking at every single person and what they do. And if you are kind of doing anti kind of like business friendly activities, that's going to affect esports in the long run. So I guess that's kind of the wrap-up I have on that. Is there any other kind of point you want to hit on that? I mean, I think it's agreed that this is great. Keep going with this kind of thing, helping esports and small streams or whatever way you can. Any other touch-up points? I mean, like, just do this, because if not, then it's going to turn into TV, where you have to watch, uh, like, 30 minutes of ad on, like, an hour worth of content. So if you don't want this to turn into what TV is, like, just watch one ad every 15 minutes. It's not, it's not that much. 
And I think they did do a good way where, like, if you watch an ad, you get a couple bits now, too. I, yeah, I do really like that model because I think... I think that's so great. Yeah, that definitely makes money for Twitch, too. So that's a really good idea to kind of keep that and hopefully keep the ads down by doing that. And more people are giving out bits, which gets people, helps small streamers, helps Overwatch League. It really helps everyone. I think I've gotten a couple hundred bits from just constantly watching ads, which that's three bucks I can give to someone. I mean, it's not a lot. But to some small streamer, that means the world or something kind of like that. Yeah. So doing that, too, is definitely something that really helps and will allow you to give back without spending money out of your own pocket. But to move on to our big topic of the show, Facebook does not give a shit about what we say, and they're not listening to us at all. They have announced Facebook.gg. They're gaming platform inside of facebook it's kind of like taking so okay let me try to describe it first before i give any of my opinions on it so it is kind of their approach to twitch they're making it so you go to facebook.gg you're tied to your facebook account but you can find content creators it shows you any kind of game related groups you're in any pages that you might like so like i went i went on there and i like i like the um Fortnite Battle Royale fan page. So that's over there. They know that that's there and that I follow Call of Duty World War II. So they have that over there and that I'm part of the Collegiate Esports and a couple of Twitch channels for my groups. So it gives you all that kind of on the left side. It gives you streams in the middle. You can sort by games, very similar to Twitch. It gives you people to check out and follow and all that kind of stuff. So it is kind of an all-inclusive platform. So you don't see any timelines or anything kind of like that from your like normal Facebook feed. So they are kind of at least being smart enough to take it away from normal Facebook, but it's still on Facebook. <laughs> I mean, I, I know you said so you had some hot takes on that. So I'll throw a little bit more information on it as we go, but you throw it at us. So tell us what you really think. Yeah. So like, well, one thing I do like about it, I will, I will say this. I love the URL. It's just fb.gg. That I is like a that. nice, super easy URL. That's like extremely friendly to just enter in. Um, besides that, I absolutely hate this. So number one, I hate Facebook's UI. It's disgusting. It looks awful. It's just like a giant white screen with like a small blue header that is awful on the eyes. Companies stop making pages with with light backgrounds. Everything should be dark mode. It's just yep. way easier. Or have the option to go dark mode very easily and clearly. Yeah, exactly. So that's number one strike. Two, it's just Facebook. I don't want my, my live streams on Facebook. I, I don't want to be on Facebook for, for video game related stuff. Third of all, no one's on it. No one's on it. I clicked on Fortnite. There was no one streaming it. Like, how are you not going to have anyone streaming it? And if, if people were streaming, it just to, it took me to a broken link then. So See, e either one of those situations sucks. Their number one problem is that early on they're putting it behind an eligible wall to get onto this page, which is their number one thing. So if in order to be featured on that page in the gaming creator program, a streamer must have at least 100 followers and must have broadcasted for four hours on two separate days in the last two weeks. Like So you have to get 100 fucking people to watch you on Facebook before they allow you to show up on their platform. Do you know how long it takes on Twitch to get 100 followers? Imagine on Facebook that no one cares about how long that would take. Yeah, exactly. And and not only that, it's like 
on you're Twitch just for at least you can discover people. Like if you're on yeah. Twitch, you have a chance of you someone hosting you. You have a chance of people like just yeah. running across you on Facebook. You can start streaming tomorrow and have a million people come onto your page. Yeah. Facebook, you can't. Yeah, and I mean, in Facebook, the only growth that you're gonna have before that 100 is like if you do some really crazy marketing somehow, or two, you just have your friends and family watch you, which having like a hundred of those, it just like feels super weird because like if you're a streamer, like, yeah, you might ask your friends to come watch you, but you're not gonna be like, hey, grandma, come check out me live streaming and stuff. Like that's, that, that, that's- Well, the nice part is it said nothing about viewership. You just have to have people follow your page and everyone's sending out those stupid like page like invites every other day. So maybe it would be kind of easy to get that a hundred on Facebook because you kind of, you have that built in people and you always know your 30 family members going to follow any Facebook page that you put out there. And then you go beg some friends and stuff like that. So there is an easier way to get that initial base on Facebook, but none of them are going to watch you. You didn't earn anything. That's like doing follow for follow on Twitch. It doesn't really help you in any way. Yeah. I mean, I just, everything about this, I don't like the, there, there is a, there's cool things in here that just suck. So like Blizzard actually partnered up with um, Facebook of where you could stream your Blizzard games straight to Facebook Live. Um, and then I'm assuming they're going to incorporate the FB.GG thing. Um, and so like that's kind of cool because if you make it easier for people to stream, more people are going to do it. And I think that's really awesome. But the problem is Facebook absolutely sucks as a streaming platform. Like people have tried to stream stuff on there, but no one wants to watch it. No one cares about it. Yeah, and I mean, they are trying. I mean, they made the partnerships. I mean, well, they lost the partnerships with like ESL and stuff kind of like that. So they don't really have any exclusive content on uh, there anymore. Never heard of like the top three people like Darkness49, 429, The Mrs. May, and Gaming Bro. Good Game Bro are the biggest three people on this platform right now. And Darkness429 only has 173,000 followers. Yeah, I mean, yeah, exactly. Like, I mean, no I mean, a decent-sized streamer here has that number. This is their biggest streamer. Yeah, it's it's and nothing against him. It's more on faith. Yeah, no, no, like that, like that person who's streaming is clearly someone who moved over from the platform from somewhere else, and they have a group of people who want to watch them, and that's fine, and that's cool and stuff, but like. It just sucks. Be and, and, and what they're probably doing is they're probably giving a really good push to people who are like some of the most followed on Facebook gaming uh, just because they're making these pushes to get people on the platform. So people like that are going to be having a lot more um, monetary incentives. So it might be advantageous for them to be on Facebook rather than Twitch, but they're not going to grow that much because no one wants to watch them on Facebook. I'm, I'm looking at this article from dailydot.com. Um, oh, who's it written by? So I can kind of credit them by Philip Tracy. This is written on June eighth at seven twenty p.m. a.m. is when it was released. So probably on June seventh is when he wrote this article. As of writing, there are about two thousand eight hundred people actively streaming Fortnite, and two thousand and fourteen, no, two hundred fourteen thousand people tuning in. That is rather surprisingly more than twice the numbers of users viewing Fortnite on Twitch, the largest video game streaming service on the internet. So, right 
like, what day is, what day was the seven? I'll let, kind of think like, I mean, that's not bad viewership numbers. No, this is on is, Thursday night. No, I, I do have a question. I want to know specific statistics. I want to know how many of those people are interacting. How many of those people are sticking around for more than five minutes? Because honestly, I think content like that can go viral and you can be able to come across it super easily. But how many people are clicking on the watch button, looking at it for five minutes and going away, as opposed to Twitch, where you have people jumping in the stream, hanging out for hours and stuff, and just like watching people and interacting and chatting and like hanging out. Like, like I want to know those statistics. Numbers, honestly, of unique viewers means nothing to me. I want to know the, the yeah. current. And I, I don't, something must have been going on. They, Facebook must have some pay. The number one person streaming that Facebook is showing me. So I'm on the Fortnite page under Facebook and live now. I went to see all. The number one streamer there only has 339 people watching that. And I'm only seeing. Okay, so there's quite a few people streaming. So it's kind of going down and down, like it keeps refreshing. But that doesn't change the fact that 339 people are the highest viewership in Fortnite right now. Yeah. I, I, I don't, I'm curious to see some event must have been going on when that was happening. But it doesn't change the fact that, I don't know, Facebook.gg, very cool handle. Yeah, I mean, it's the same. It's too Facebook to me, for me. If it was totally different branding, like, you keep, sure, you keep a little logo on the thing, but I don't see a single pint of that Facebook blue, maybe. Different website. I'm fine. Yeah, I'm fine, like, with it being a Facebook login having my groups and stuff kind of like that. Like, that's kind of cool. Like, whatever. That's some connection. And I can kind of see all my gaming stuff in one part. But with it being Facebook, just a different browser, is not a big enough difference to me to want me to ever think about coming over to this platform. Yeah. And, it, I mean, it's not it's not only just the, um, the hatefulness towards Facebook. Um, I, I feel the same exact things about Twitter. And I love Twitter, like as just a website, I think Twitter is amazing. I mean, it's the worst website on, on the internet by far, but it's also the best. I love Twitter, but like, I don't wanna see this on Twitter either. I don't want Twitter live. I don't want Facebook live. I don't want these sites to have that. I, if a streaming site is ever going to beat Twitch, it needs to be a streaming site, not a side project of one of these big social medias. Cause I don't, that's not what people want. They go to Twitter for a certain reason. Some people go to Facebook for a certain reason. I don't know what that reason is anymore, but some people go to Facebook for a certain reason. None of them are to watch video games. You go to Twitch, fine, Mixer, maybe a couple other small ones, but they go there only to watch video games. I have never gone to Twitch looking to read posts or to find funny videos. I go there to watch Overwatch League. I go there to watch streamers. I go there to watch talk shows or E3. That is why I go there. And there's never been a second on Facebook. The only reason I ever used Facebook for Fortnite was to find like um, walkthroughs of where to find like the hidden treasures and like treasure maps and shit on Facebook or announcements. But now I find that through Twitter. I find that through Epic. And that was never to be streaming. So 
do you think, is there anything, could they rebrand this totally? And could they ever get to a point where it could have a chance? Or do you think Facebook.gg will never have a chance? I think if what they're, they need to do is they need to have in a separate website that, yeah, it could use your Facebook login, but I don't want any, I, like, I don't want any crossover. I don't want any of the stuff I do on that streaming site to go over to my normal Facebook. I want them to be completely separate. I want them to look different and I want it to be a traditional streaming site. If it is like that, then yeah, I would totally do it because you know what? It would be really easy to log in. I wouldn't have to think about it and I would totally be on board for it. But like, please make it a different website. I don't want it on Facebook proper at all. Like I just, I, I, I don't want it on there. I don't want to watch videos on there. Yeah, and they definitely need to, if they are going to keep going with this, they really need to go with the Twitch kind of thing if that's how you're going to do it. Because right now they have like the live now. You see three people and then you have to go to click on see more. And then there's a couple of the biggest streamers that they are suggested streamers. And like, you have to click again to find any real content. So if you're not looking for the number one person streaming on Facebook, you have to click another button after already clicking into Fortnite. Like there's too many button clicks here from like a UX design. Everything that you want from a consumer should only be one click away. Like you can find so many people from the home page or stuff kind of like that. Or once you're in Fortnite, one click in and you're here. You have to do two or three clicks to get to a stream that has 20 people. Yeah. So just consumer, it's not really uh, customer centered. It's just, they threw this together because they're seeing the rise in esports and Twitch and all that kind of stuff and trying to capitalize it. But video game community is smart enough to know when something's going to be taken seriously or just a side project. This is clearly a side project, just kind of cashing in to get people to think Facebook is relevant. It's how I see it. I mean, yeah. Yeah, I, I'd be curious, like, if we were to ever, I think it'd be fun sometime to take the podcast live and see if just normally, if we've had any people just tune into it and find on to it and just kind of do like some research there, like we do it on Twitch at the same time too, but kind of do like a test lab and even on Mixer, do all three of them and kind of see like just visibility or how easy it is to find, or we send someone out there to see like how quickly does it take you to find us um on twitch versus on facebook and stuff kind of like that and see i mean maybe maybe for smaller content creators it could be easier because it is so many more smaller people but you're never going to have a big fan base like on twitch like there could be advantages for small people like maybe you go to facebook build an audience and then go to twitch because there's no one competing on facebook or mixer like you get less people to compete against you get your community like oh I got 4,000 people that are come follow me over Twitch. You get Twitch affiliate right away and you're not too far from partnership. And then yeah. <laughs> that's, that's not what these platforms want to be. They don't want to be a stepping stone to Twitch. Yeah. They want yeah. to be something big. So I don't know. It's not going to happen. I just don't think there's much that Facebook.tg can do without putting a real hardcore people or bringing in people that are actually passionate about it and not just trying to capitalize on something but we are kind of wrapping up on facebook here and i saw an announcement from the pc gaming conference today that i kind of wanted to bring in and touch on a little bit and kind of see what your things are so i tweeted this out earlier and i can't think of what the name is so i'm going to look that up as i'm kind of talking but they announced 
that there is going to be a new Battle Royale game coming. Oh, what a surprise. But it is going to be called Maverick's Proving Ground. And it's going to have up to a thousand concurrent players in a game. Terrible. Not terrible. Terrible. Um, it's going to be dead on arrival. Guaranteed dead on arrival. Because like, the the good part about like Fortnite and stuff with games is that you get in super fast. And the reason why you get in super fast is because millions of people are playing. If you're releasing this game that like, yeah, cool. Like people who watch E3 and people who are super into gaming know about it. But if you don't have like that general audience, and you have like you know, maybe 12,000 people on, those queue times are going to be long as fuck, and no one wants to sit and wait forever just to drop and get killed in the first 30 seconds. The good thing about PUBG and Fortnite is that you play, you get in there, and it's, like, you might die in, like, 10 seconds, but... But you're back in the game within a minute. Yeah, you're back in the game within a minute. And so if, if you have a game that, one, it does not have the popularity of Fortnite or, or uh, PUBG, um, and you're trying to go for a thousand-person lobby, like... And then on top of that, like the 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 amount of infrastructure you need to to make that work without it being shitty is a lot. So I I, I don't know. I just don't see this. Like it would be cool. It would be cool. Like you know, honestly, like this game doing it, I don't want them to do it. If Fortnite or PUBG could have a thousand person, I think Fortnite insane. could do this. I don't know if I go straight to a thousand, but a five hundred person game with a huge map, Fortnite easily has the concurrent players to do this with maybe a minute low time, two minute low time, like you might have to wait a little bit of a queue, but it's a totally different experience. And you're not going into that game for the quick one because obviously, I mean, a hundred person Fortnite match takes about, I don't know, 25 minutes, 30 tops for a win. So obviously you're going into an hour, hour and a half game, possibly with 500 people, um, depending on how big the map is and how many people die quickly and all that kind of stuff. So I think Fortnite could do this maybe PUBG, but those games are already so long. Imagine making a PUBG game five times longer. I don't think it would make it inherently longer. Um, there'd be, there would be an ex, there'd be like an exponential rate or whatever at how much longer it'd get based on how many people. I mean, I think the average PUBG game is probably 40 minutes. I think it bumped it up to an hour 20, hour and a half. No, no, no. I think, oh. I think more people doesn't make it um, like, it, it doesn't mean it goes longer because if, if you expand the map, right? But you expand the map. So like if you have four times the people and you do four times the map size, then like in theory, people are having battles at the same rate. So percentage wise, you're still like decreasing the amount of players um, by the same percentage per time, because like all the same small battles are happening, just a lot more of them are happening. So, yeah, I suppose. So like in theory, it would be close to the same amount of time. Now, I do think they would be maybe a little bit longer. Um, but as long as like you scale the map down quickly, like I, they would be kind of close in time. Yeah, no, I don't know. I just want to kind of bring it up, but that was fun. And I mean, I, I don't know if there's a price or anything on it. I mean, if it's a free game, that could be beneficial because then a lot of people will tune in and try it out and do the kind of the Fortnite approach. I mean, I think they they have to do that because if you're asking. <laughs> thousands and thousands of people to buy your game day one and everyone's already kind of skeptical of it before they even played a minute of it or really saw much of it you're asking for trouble so i think it'd have to be a game that already has a hugely established player base or it has to be a free-to-play game because yeah, there's no yeah. way you can get enough players to get the queue time down to 
and making them pay 20 bucks, 30 bucks. That's just not possible. Yeah, I don't know. I think it's going to be down on arrival. Yeah. But I didn't see any announcements on it, and I'm a little pissed off. Maybe I just missed it. I'm just saying, if there's an Age of Empires 4 competitive esports league, I'm in. As long as it's like Age of Empires 2, I didn't like 3. 3 was okay. I didn't love it. I agree. I put a good chunk of hours. I enjoyed it. It was really good, though. I, didn't, I never ended up replaying the... They remastered the first one, too, and I never went back and bought that. Already. I mean, they're, they're solid. Yeah, I, I had the second remaster. I enjoyed that. So I'm just kind of filling time to make the episode a little longer, but it was really kind of a light news week on that. So is there anything you want to kind of touch in? Otherwise, we'll kind of do housekeeping, and we threw a lot of content at you guys this weekend, and we have one more press conference and all that kind of stuff, too, to go on. So you're getting plenty of us if you're worried about not getting enough content from us. But if you have any last kind of talking points you want to throw in, go for it. Yeah, uh, the only thing is at the Ubisoft conference, they highlighted Rainbow Six. Um, so the Rainbow Six Siege time that they had, they just filled it with a like interesting mini documentary thing, sort of, on Rainbow Six Siege. And Oh yeah, I saw that. That's really good. Yeah, so like, um, I would just say to anyone listening, just go out, Google it, and just like watch it, because it's really cool, and I really appreciate Ubisoft putting time into their esport and actually like kind of um giving them props for having a cool game yeah maybe we should try to reach out or something like that see maybe we can sag a copy to kind of do a review or something of the little documentary that they did there and do uh we just youtube it's free we don't need oh is it free oh they just put it on youtube well probably because it's i mean worst case scenario just like watch the press conference again because it was at the press conference but they didn't show the entire they did not? I thought it was just a small thing. They said it was a documentary. Oh, I didn't see the whole thing. I, okay, I just heard about it. Maybe I miss another mindset? Oh, no. Regardless, we'll look into it. So, yeah. So, um, for any of you guys interested, I just pulled it up here. Um, it is called um, Another Mindset, an eSports documentary. And that was just the first trailer of that. Um, and it touches on an eSports documentary about how Key Rainbow Six community members overcame the struggles and made their mark on the pro league. So it sounds really cool. I'm going to reach out and try to get that and do another one of the official Project Esports review. That would be but cool. nonetheless, it'll probably, we'll talk about it again at some point. And nonetheless, yeah. go check it out. And if you have not gone and checked out Game Changers, I'm pretty sure that came out. Tomorrow. It comes out tomorrow. It comes out tomorrow. Yep, it comes out tomorrow. So we're going to retreat that. If you have not seen our kind of our spoiler free reviews go check that out i'll tweet that out and then you can tomorrow after you watch the documentary you can come along and do kind of our spoiler cast alongside that too another amazing documentary so i really encourage you to go and check that out if you haven't seen our review or any of the trailers yet it was really fun i really recommend go to, uh, and watching that so that it comes out tomorrow on itunes voodoo all those kind of digital ones just showing it a bunch of e3 too so find a way to watch it. We'll help you out. If you have any questions, reach out to us, and we'll make sure that you can find somewhere to watch that. But with that, I think that is going to be wrapping up for today's episode of Project Esports. We're going to end the stream here and then go live in about 25 minutes for the um, pre-show for the Sony press conference. I'll do a watch-along, a little bit of post-show. Um, I'm really hyped for that. So please tune in on that. Tune in along with us and kind of give that um, – but with that, thank you very much for tuning in to this week's episode of Project Esport Podcast. James wasn't with us, so as always, I'll be doing his little spiel. 
please, please, please do whatever it can that shows a little bit of love to us. Rather than pushing that little heart button over on Twitch, leaving a comment on YouTube, um, leaving uh, feedback or a review or anything like that on podcasting platforms. Everything means the world to us. And we really want to kind of help shout you out. Dylan will mention that a little bit too on Twitter. If you give us any kind of shout out, we'll be kind of giving you a little bit of shout out here. We're still trying to get that goal. So again, anything that you can kind of give us means the world to us. Every little comment means the world. We read it all and thank you all very much for anything you kind of do for us. Yeah, and we're making a huge push to get Twitch affiliate. So if you go on Twitter and you just like quote tweet us and just shout us out, um, just like plug plug your name in there and give us a follow and stuff, um, we'll go ahead and just give you a shout out every single episode up until we get affiliate. Um, so the list right now is at Cassinia Ilya, at the Banhammer, at Better underscore Esport, at Xenos King, and at Learning Bill. Uh, so thank you guys for helping us out and tweeting out our name and um, helping get us a little bit bigger. So um, hopefully we'll get affiliate soon. So go ahead and get on that so you can get your name in there. And we go live um, every Monday and Thursday um, at about 9.30 um, Eastern time. Or no, sorry, 7.30 Eastern time. Yeah, 7.30 Eastern time, sorry. Um, and then <clears throat> the next day we have everything up in VODs and on all podcast platforms. Awesome. And as always, my name is Andrew. I'm Dylan. Thank you very much for tuning in this week's episode of Project Esports Podcast. And please tune in to the Sony press conference or check that out on whatever platform you listen to tomorrow when we put that out. See you guys on Thursday.